Welcome to Shout Your Cause with Sally Hendrick, a digital magazine where you can get found, get heard, and get inspired with content that challenges us to be globally minded. Our focus is on raising awareness around social justice issues, cultural differences, and to bring you the people dedicating their lives to tackling challenging topics as their way of giving back. Let us be your advocate to make your voices heard around the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Shout Your Cause. I'm Sally Hendrick, and I've got Karen with me from somewhere in Tennessee who has a podcast of her own called Deconversion Therapy Podcast. And you can see that at deconversiontherapypodcast.com. We met on TikTok, again, of all places, which is seems to be uh, my MO these days to get people on this podcast. So Taryn, welcome. Tell me a little bit more about you. Thanks so much. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we live close to each other, but we didn't even realize that. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think I'm addicted to TikTok now, which <laughs> is, I've learned tons on that platform. I did, I was one of the ones who thought it was just about dancing and all that. So I, um, I'm from South Florida. Originally, I used to be a Christian evangelical missionary. And I also ended up getting my master's in creative writing. So I teach creative writing at a university near here. And then also I'm married and I have two grown daughters and two dogs that, you know, they might, they might speak up during this podcast. We'll see. Well, that's okay. I've got a puppy <laughs> sitting behind me and hoping that he's not going to wake up from his nap during this time. He is still in the house training phase and, <laughs> you know, we just do what we have to do. So I ran across you on TikTok and mm -hmm. was really interested in the topic because you talk about deconverting from Christianity altogether. Is that true? Yes. And I can give you a bit of a rundown if you're interested in what's been happening culturally. But yeah. I ended up deconverting in the old days, remember when we didn't really have a lot of internet, we had to look things up in books, and we didn't have a community like there is now. Now there is something called deconstruction, a lot of people call it the deconstruction movement, that due to politics and due to COVID, a lot of people are moving away out of evangelical churches that, you know, they're starting to see some bigotry there, they're seeing abuse there. So not everyone who leaves deconverts, mm -hmm. but I happen to because, again, back when I did this, it was, there were no resources, there was no like bench seat to sit on to be like, here, just stop here, don't look further. You know, you have a group, you have support. Uh, so I just kept walking down the path, looking up everything I could. And mm -hmm. it was painful, but, um, and it took probably a good 10 years before now, I fully. 
Yeah. Do you feel like when you were a child that you ever questioned it, but just kept your mouth shut? No. Now, I know I have friends and the co-host of the podcast. She Mm -hmm. did. I did not. Um, I think firstly, you know, my whole family was involved. So that's one thing. I was always at the church. Um, Our day school elementary was connected to the church, but also I was very dedicated. I was what people now call a goodist. You know, I was good at being good. And I was good at really putting my heart into something and not doubting. So no, I didn't doubt until I was probably about 23 and on the mission field. So Okay. Yeah. And I did see something of yours on TikTok about your mission trips. Would you go into some of that with me? Yeah, sure. So uh, now it's a very big and popular thing to do, but it was pretty rare back then. I went to a Baptist college that was, again, connected to my church. And Mm -hmm. one day there were like these Christian magazines. There were probably two, one about music and I don't know what the other one was about, but I had a subscription, got one, and there were all these little cards in it, you know, the blow-in cards that fall out, and one was about doing a mission trip during the summer, and I really wanted to do that, so that was my first foray into things. I did it between my junior and senior year of college with something called Youth with a Mission, which is a very large um, mission organization. And I loved it. Uh, It didn't hurt that the whole thing started at their base in Hawaii. Now that was, you know, um, and that took, eventually we ended up on a ship that took me to Haiti, Jamaica and Dominican Republic. Then when I graduated, I felt called, so to speak, to do it again. And my, excuse me. My girlfriend wanted to do it together. You did like three months of training, then you would go out in the field. So she wanted to head to Australia. So I'm like, let's do it. I planned it. Then she went on to become a famous doctor while I was working at the mall. So I'm like, I'm just going to go. So I did that. So I ended up in Australia, then India. I met my husband, who is also a missionary. And then later, he and I went uh, as long-term missionaries to Thailand for about a year. Oh, wow. So you really were into the life of it, not just going on a trip here and there, like summer camp type thing, but actually going for long periods of time. Right. I thought that's what I was going to do with the rest of my life, for sure. Do you have a dog? Learn Unleashed Potential Dog Training Secrets with Duke Ferguson. This free video series will get you pro training tips so you can get your dog's attention, eliminate behavioral problems, and enhance your relationship in just 20 minutes a day. Sign up at sallyhendrick.com forward slash dog training. So when it comes to all of this time that you spent in the church and obviously it was the evangelical side of things. Was there a defining moment or a series of events that were 
you know, happening to make you go in this direction? Or was there just the straw that broke the camel's back? You know, I see a lot of people um, even say to me, I'm sorry that the church hurt you. And I'm happy to say I did not suffer uh, from people or church abuse mm-hmm. in any way. I had a blast. Like I, I loved every minute of it. But when I was a missionary in Thailand, first of all, uh, a lot of people don't realize that there can be sort of a relevant morality. So I was there as a, quote, English teacher at a, quote, English school. But we were really missionaries. So we would, you know, our outreach would be be to get these Thai students, college students, to come to our facility We'd teach them English about an hour a day. Then we'd invite them back on the weekend for what we called club time. And that would be music, some food, and then a little sermon. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it was me teaching. uh, I got very close to these young women. And one day they said, well, you know, aren't all Americans Christians? And I said, no, you know, definitely not. But a lot believe you only have one life to live. And of course, they're Buddhists and they believe in different reincarnation uh, beliefs. They started laughing, like genuinely cackling innocently. They thought mm-hmm. I'd told a joke. So my goal was I'm going back to my room I'm opening my Bible and I'm really just going to get in there so that I can sort of prove them wrong in a way. I know that sounds terrible, but, you know, I I wanted to really get into it. And all of that began a very tumultuous um, unlearning, you know, Mm -hmm. reading things without a pastor who skips chapters and verses, uh, right. reading, yeah, reading it as I thought they would as an outsider. When you read it as an outsider, man, there, I just, that's when it began. And so are you it, saying that like the, your first discovery of pulling away was actually reading the, the actual Bible itself? Yes. Now I grew up reading the Bible a lot. I'd memorize chapters, verses, but I think it was the switch that now I sort of try and live my life by is looking at something as a non-believer in whatever that is, capitalism, socialism, feminism, you know, trying to get outside that. So when I was reading it like that and picking it up new, I was like, okay, I'm, on, I'm in the third chapter of Mark, and all of a sudden, it says, here comes a guy named Mark. I'm like, wait a minute, who was talking in the first two chapters? This is supposed to be written by the person who just walked in the door, you know, three chapters in. So these small things that I'd never noticed before, then grew into huge issues for me. Well, that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, when you think about it, I, I tend to call it people love to argue by playing Bible, Bible verse volleyball. And I'm like, you could do that forever. 
to Mm -hmm. support your argument, but all you're doing is, you know, really just reading bits and pieces of these different stories that have so many contradicting moments in them. And it's impossible to actually find real uh, rules for life, if you will, um, if you say that this is the word and this is everything because it's, it contradicts itself again and again and again. And I always, you know, wonder, I'm like, well, how is it that people can actually believe that if, if that's the case? But the issue is, is that the pastors, the Sunday school teachers, you know, the leaders in the church, the ones who are interpreting the word are actually the ones that are picking and choosing the parts that they want. And that's like going and picking whatever news channel you want to watch. Right. Exactly. And you're really just trying to find mm-hmm. support for your own existing beliefs and maybe learn a little bit more. Exactly. And, you know, that's, it, it, I felt it was very dangerous. You're not supposed to doubt. I would push doubt away all I could. Um, I really went into crisis mode and I cried a lot Thought I would have to divorce and just prayed, you know, God, can you protect me while I doubt? Cause I was afraid I was going to die and go to hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. So fear really, you know, holds you in. Do you want to stand out from the crowd with your content? Come discover how to market yourself as an expert, as a change maker, as a positive influence on other people's lives. With the Exponential Marketing Club, you will learn the ins and outs of content marketing that makes a difference in the world. Visit sallyhendrick.com forward slash club. Now, one thing I wanted to bring up, because I've noticed a lot of things that you mentioned about uh, evangelic, uh, you know, evangelism, etc. But I grew up in a Methodist church and I would go and spend time at the Baptist church because a lot of my friends were in the Baptist church and there weren't as many, we just didn't have as large of a youth group or as large of a congregation for that matter in the Methodist church in my town. And I felt like the way that things were pushed across you know, into the Sunday school classes, the Wednesday night group meetings, et cetera. It was very, very different from what I had learned at my church. I felt like in the Methodist church, we were getting, you know, here's a scenario of something that happened in the Bible, and then they would relate it to a situation in today, you know, today's language, today's world, today's situation. But when I went to the Baptist church, I felt like it was, okay, let's go to this chapter and look at this verse. And this right here tells us X, Y, Z. And this is the word. This is how it needs to be done. And I would always be like, how do you quote these uh, Bible verses? How do you know all this stuff? I didn't study the Bible like that. But of over time, I learned that really it was just whatever was being pointed out by the person in the room to mm-hmm. create this support. And it was like they could not actually think of things in more um, like analogies. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't use metaphors and, and refer to the Bible that way, which is the way that I was raised. So 
I do find it very, um, I understand it because I did, you know, I was around people that were like that, but it was just not the way it was in my home. So have you talked with a lot of people who maybe grew up in a different way and they're just like, well, you know, I've always been taught that we're supposed to question it. I mean, I was even in a challenge class where we were supposed to question everything in the Bible every week. (laughs) So Sally, that's very smart, astute observations. And as a former Baptist, I would have thought, poor soul, she's not even saved. Um, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And Baptists, especially Southern Baptists really rely on dogma and theology. And it's very in the Bible and the scripture and all that. So, I mean, I ended up being an English major and then in writing, and I would say a lot of it had to do with the understanding of how sentences sound and how to research and cross-reference from going to Mm -hmm. church, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But one, it was very much like anyone who doesn't go to our kind of church isn't saved. And then, of course, later, uh, well, we did end up going to a Methodist church after I started deconverting, we came back to the States and I ended up in a class similar to yours and was introduced to a book by the people in there by Bart Ehrman called Misquoting Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was it. It was the historical understanding of the Bible. Blew my mind. Um, he is a scholar of biblical Um, texts at Duke University. So I, I sort of understood slowly that there was more of thematic belief systems going on in other churches. Yeah. And we were very much um, straight down the line. But I mean, that corresponds with the rules, you know, you must be baptized, you can't drink, you can't dance. So you know, if people are going to follow the rules we're putting out, then we need to be very straight up and down and narrow with our teaching from the Bible. It's, it's just training, you know, the way they formed our minds. That's really hard for an intellectual person, though. (laughs) I think it's really hard. So it makes me wonder, you know, how people, I mean, I would feel like I would be fighting myself constantly and be in misery if that's the way that I felt about it. I think it goes back to indoctrination. Um, mm-hmm. And because there is this, I'll just say, pseudo intellectualism around it, mm-hmm. that that is what makes people stay in it who are maybe intellectual because there's enough meat and debate and all this stuff that you can really get into that makes you feel like you're doing those intellectual practices but you're not really you're just spinning in a bubble you know yeah so So it's more more arguing, you know, did John mean this or did he mean this? It wasn't arguing, did John really exist and what was going on at the time? You know, that wasn't part of it. 
So I want to switch gears a little bit and just go back to TikTok, which is where we met. And I'm, you know, you've got, you've you've done a great job. You've grown your channel to, at this point, over 22,000 followers. You've had 1.6 million likes. So what do you think has been the reason behind your success in the growth that you've had over there? And, uh, And then I want to go into maybe another question or two. You know, I wish I knew because sometimes I try and recapture it. And then when I don't, I'm just like, Karen, let it go. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But I think I had one or two that I didn't even think about that I put up that Uh did really well. And then I had others that I'm like, oh, this is going to blow them away. And like, nobody likes it. They just scrolled by. You think, yeah. Oh, I have the best idea ever, ever. Cause I'm in marketing. And so it's like, right. you, you do not know how people are going to react or how the algorithm is going to treat your content until you put it out there. You absolutely do not. And it just blows my mind mm-hmm. on that in that front. Turn what you know into what you do. Join the platform with the most ways to monetize what you know, whether it's online courses, coaching, memberships, podcasts, newsletters, communities, or more. Kajabi gives you all the tools you need to build, market, and sell it with just a few clicks. Sign up at sallyhendrick.com forward slash Kajabi. That's K-A-J-A-B-I. But when it comes to uh, your videos, do you know, recall any particular one that maybe you got a lot of pushback on? Maybe that pushed you over? Like, when did you see your account growing the most? I think the first video that just went crazy was because I used a sound that people were doing so for people not on tiktok there are these things called trends and Mm. there was one at one point where i think you were supposed to say something about what you thought of yourself and how reality was different and it you didn't even talk so i just stood there and then i had the words over me saying you know i thought i would be Christian missionary all my life Mm -hmm. ends up I was just a white savior so you know I think that one resonated I got total positive things on it Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that really correlated with what we're seeing on TikTok with people being more open to discuss racism and colorism I also, again, I used a trending sound, which I will do every once in a while or stitch something more popular. Mm -hmm. Now I know to go on there and scroll over to where it says live and see how many of my followers are on the platform at any given time. Mm -hmm. And the higher the number is when I know, okay, now would be a good time to release a video. Oh, to post it. And okay, that's a yeah. good tip. I didn't know that actually. I'll use that. Yeah. Cool. Do, do. And then, um, but yeah, I think that was the first one. And then the other ones that seem to be popular are ones that are controversial. 
which mm-hmm. like, I don't mind. That's I, I don't mind doing that. So one was um, about how Christian mission work isn't great, but I did this twist where I pretended that everything I was going to say was actually about Muslims. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, I read that wrong. It's about Christians because oh. two to 4 million um, Christians do short-term missions from America to other countries every year. Right. And right. if, if Muslims did that and came here, people would blow their minds, but oh, they don't I know. think of, yeah. yeah, they don't think of us doing that. So I think that one people like when I do the, the switcheroo or, you know. What about the yeah. one where you talked about Dave Ramsey? I'm looking at that one and it has about <laughs> 61,000 views. And so I think maybe even talking about uh, a controversial figure like Dave um, might bring right. up a lot of, a lot of discussion as well. Yes. And so we actually did a podcast about him. So that's how, you know, I'm trying to figure out I, I really started it to promote our podcast, but then mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I got something on my mind. I'm just going to make one. So it's a little mixed bag, but that one was about the research we'd done for our podcast about Dave Ramsey. And mm-hmm. I live right close to him. I know people who work for him. I know yeah. some things that I did not report on because I didn't feel that was fair. But um, there was, you know, there was a, uh, a scandal a few recently, but one was like his second in command guy had to step down yeah. for Chris. blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah, so Hogan. I know Chris. Uh, well, his wife got in touch, his ex-wife got in touch with us and was oh, like, really? great, great episode. I loved it. Um, so that made me feel good because our, our podcast is us just no, no real good research. Sometimes we're goofing around. We're just (laughs) having fun with it. We're calling out people who have hurt other people. We don't call out just everyday, you know, believers. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that one resonated. He was in the the spotlight around that time. So Mm -hmm. again, yeah, pointing to something in the news maybe makes everything uh, tick up in a way. Would you rather work or would you rather play? If we're going to go through all of this business building stuff, it better be for something that we love doing, right? Take a moment to do this quick life purpose challenge to discover what makes you truly happy. It's free. Visit sallyhendrick.com forward slash life purpose. Well, I like, I like that we've gotten to have this conversation and it does make sense that your TikTok would, would help your podcast and help get people over there. So as far as all of it together, you've got this cause going. What is your hope for how this is going to you know, be to resonate throughout this, throughout society? What, what are you trying to do? Are you just trying to create a, a safe space for people who feel the same way? Or are you trying to, you know, do something different? What's going on there? Well, we joke about 
uh, my co-host and I, that we're going to start a cult because we've covered enough of them <laughs> to be like, why not us? Why <laughs> let now we know how to do this and stay out of jail. But I think everything has sort of changed. You know, the podcast was my best friend. We've known each other since we were one year old and just grew up in a lot of it. So it was mm -hmm. just talking about memories and funny things and odd things about growing up in church. And then TikTok almost has this different feel to it. So I think I'm open to change, but the main thing is just giving people who are leaving or who have left some finger pointing towards community. Here's one over here. Here's a book over here. You're safe. You're not going to die because people don't realize that a lot of people feel so afraid that they're going to die, right. um, that God is going to smite them, that the devil's going to get them. There's so many triggers that all of us have. And just to be there and say, hey, I'm an, I'm an older pioneer. I've been through this. You're going to make it. Here are some resources. Um, there's even the Religious Trauma Institute for anyone mm -hmm interested and they have counselors who understand religious abuse and there's the clergy project that uh, we get people who are pastors or have been pastors who no longer believe and they are not trained to do anything else um, the clergy project is for that and they actually have a lot of pastors who are atheists who are still pastors mm -hmm. and they're trying to help, you know, um, transition. Well, because, they're, because they're trapped. It's kind of they're like trapped. the military, like the military comes home, they have their job, then they come home and then they're like, where do I go next? And then they're, they're lost for a while. Yeah. But this is, this is the, the clergy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Was there anything else you wanted to share with us? Uh, maybe mention the, the podcast website again and, and send us over to listen to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want crazy, fun, wacky stories, everything is light. Nothing is about trauma. It is Deconversion Therapy Podcast. We also have an Instagram. Uh, people send us memes and we put it up in there. And then TikTok can be serious, can be funny. It's it's a mixed bag, but you will always get honesty. And um, and I'd love to have anyone write to us. We also love every month on the podcast we read people's funny stories growing up in church, and they're hilarious. They're oh, I just, bet I bet I would oh, love to great. find one of those episodes. Yep. We call them letter sodes and okay. uh, they're fun. Well, sounds good. Well, thank you very much, Karen. I really appreciate it. And we're going to sign off now for Shout Your Cause. Listen next time and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening today. My name is Sally Hendrick. Be sure to visit our website for show notes and more information on how you can inspire others. If you would like to contribute content to our magazine, please apply on our website at shoutyourcause.com.